0: It's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you.
1: Iwoo
2: Hoops presents The Pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwoo Hoops trades the pursuit of me
1: for the pursuit of three. Welcome to episode 15 of The Pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, and I'm one of the basketball coaches at Indiana Wesleyan. Today, we're going to be joined again by Evan Maxwell. Evan was last on the show on episode six, when he shared his journey from Kansas University to Indiana. He talked about why the I Third culture in place had put a renewed hunger in his life to grow both on and off the court. However, at that point, his habits were lagging behind until Ben Carlson called him to greater levels. Today, Evan's going to share how that moment with Ben helped him develop habits that put his growth on an upward trajectory over the next few months to where he was playing at the highest level of his life at the end of the season. Coach T will come on in the second half and share his insights on Evan's growth, including a metaphor he came across this year that changed how he thought about the Christian life. We're joined again with Evan Maxwell. So let's go back to to that moment. Ben sits you down and says, Evan, you have more in you, you need to take the starting spot from me, but I'm not going to give it to you, you got to take it. What happened from there over the next month or two, because a lot of times a moment like that is really important, but just
2: someone saying something doesn't
1: change everything immediately, and there's going to be ups and downs along the way.
2: Right, and that's exactly what was going through my mind. I knew uh, it was a big time, it was a big time for me to step up and do something, Um, but in that moment... I guess you don't really know exactly what the answer is or what one thing is you can do. So I just started to be a lot more intentional with the energy I brought to practice and um, just the approach. So I tried to treat every single day like a game um, and and just take it personal to win drills um, and just have a voice and and be active and just find ways to to take that role. So around that time, JJ, I think IU East was his last game. Um, so I had talked to Coach T about how there's going to be a big a big scoring load um, open and how he needed me to step up. We set a goal for me to have 18 points and eight rebounds and just just push myself to um, to have more of an impact on the box score and um, pick up some of what, what was missing with JJ being out. So I kind of took it on myself. I, I tried to make big plays and um, impact, like I said, the box score as much as I could um, and pick up the scoring load. So while I, I played I played well. I had good numbers, probably the best numbers all year. Um, I was impacting the, the game in, in big ways. Um, we actually ended up losing some games in some of my biggest games of the year.
1: Yeah, so we, we get to this moment and you've been challenged to go to another level in the box score and you do. There's a eight or nine game stretch where you're challenged to go 18 and 8 and it's more like 23 and 11. But even with that, there's still some frustration from the coaches and the players towards you because there were some little things that maybe hadn't happened yet even though you were making some of these big plays. So what happened next to continue to go on this path upward at, over the course of the season?
2: Um yeah, so so like you said like in those moments I was I was I was impacting the box score a lot but not taking it personally to play defense or or do those little things. So as time went on like I realized in order to not only fulfill this role because I had already stepped into the starting role and and started into a big role and I had made some big strides, but, um, it wasn't, it wasn't enough. It wasn't as great as I could, could be. It was, wasn't everything that I could bring to the team. Um, so I started to look at those little things and taking defense personally. Um, so, and then just, just having a voice was a, a big thing for me. I can remember times where we'd be doing defensive drills and just, Getting getting roasted and and just getting scored on every single time, um, and in those in some of those moments, I just looked at myself and was like, "All right, well, if I'm going to be this guy, if I have this role, I got to do something in these moments." Um, yeah, I, I remember in some of those practices, we'd
1: set up a 20-minute defensive drill, and you were on defense the entire time. Yeah. But there was some real growth that happened throughout that, even though it was hard and it was challenging. And there were a couple practices I remember where it seemed like something clicked for you. Take us back to that time.
2: Yeah, so um, I haven't always been super defensive oriented. So now when I was challenged to make defensive plays and and be an anchor on the defensive end, I had to look into myself and find ways that I can do that. Um, So in some of those drills where um, my team was getting scored on every time and I was on the floor on defense every single time, and, and it could be miserable. Um, I just I just started talking. I just found out that, you know, my teammates are closing out to the ball. They're getting in the gaps, and the only times I'm doing a ton of stuff is when I'm keeping out of the post. Otherwise, I'm in an active stance in the middle of the court, and if I'm not saying anything, I'm not really bringing value to the team. So I just started talking, and more and more we got stop after stop, and I was talking more and more and louder and louder, and my teammates just seem to start being on the same page, so it was in some of those moments where I realized, um, while as much while I'm not always closing out to the ball aggressively around um, the perimeter or diving on the floor for loose balls a ton, um, while that's not my role, I can find a new way to bring energy and, and allow my team to be the one with the most energy to win those scrimmages, to win those games, just by bringing um, a voice and bringing energy on the defensive end. One of the things I remember clearly
1: from some of those moments of frustration was the trajectory you were on. So we we talk a lot as a staff about trajectory versus circumstance. And you came in from Kansas, as we talked about, and you were trying to get a feel for the culture. We talked about that back in episode six. Then there were ups and downs along the way. But a pattern that we saw develop was every time we gave you a challenge, you were willing to grow and you were hungry to be fully bought in, which is what we're looking for. And we knew over the course of time, everything would click. Whereas if we came to you and said, Evan, stop dribbling in this spot and face up and shoot and play defense. If we gave you all of them at the same time, it would have overwhelmed you. But the trajectory you were on over the course of the season was one of growth, which had us really excited even more so sometimes than what we saw on the court, we knew the direction you were going. And that takes us up to the Marion game. We're on the road at Marion. It's a big game for both programs. They're playing at a high level. And we knew we had to win this game, but we faced some real challenges during that game. And you came out having maybe the best game you've ever had. You had a career-high 34 points. We're going to talk about some of the big plays you made.
2: But it was a critical moment for you and for our team. Take us inside that game. Um, Yeah, so... um Like you said, I mean, with challenges and a trajectory of growth, I think a big part of this program and what it's taught me is just, and it applies to life too, like you're going to do a lot of great things. You're going to grow, but then you'll always have something else you can grow in. And even those things that you do feel like you've mastered, you're going to fail again Mm. at some point. So I think a big thing that I learned, and this applies to the Marion game big time, is just that, I mean, even though maybe I go weeks of failing, or like not getting in the word or or whatever discipline that I want to have in my life doesn't mean that I can't pick up that next day and start doing it again and start believing that that's just who I am. That's who I'm becoming. So leading up to the Marion game, I probably was shooting the worst that I, I had all year. Um, and, and like like I said before, that's something that I was confident in. I had gone through stretches where I was shooting great best in, in my career I wasn't even I haven't even shot threes up to this point in my career but um so I was confident in that area but then having some games some stretches where I was going oh for the game just brought my confidence down so going into this game there was a lot of pressure I was putting on myself to get out of that slump um and yeah so I mean I came into the game I hit my first three which a big relief um but obviously nothing was perfect in that game um I had some good moments. I had some bad moments. Um, and so I can remember during some of those big moments, um, where I had, maybe I'd hit a couple threes, but I was still not, um, believing in myself the way that I should. And, uh, I think it was you specifically that kept writing up plays for me for threes. And in my mind, I'm like, why are they doing this? Like, I love that they believe in me. Like, that's cool and everything. Like, that's awesome. But like, I don't believe in myself. Like, why? Why is that? And I, I think the first play that you guys drew up, I, I missed the shot, too. So even then, it was like when they drew another one, it was like, man, what am I supposed to do here? Um, but um, another moment I can remember in that game uh, was I, I got hit somehow. My leg was really hurting. I, I came down to the other end. and I was limping and we were down a little bit and it didn't seem like we were going to be able to pull this one out. Um, and my leg was hurting. And my instincts, everything that I had grown up believing, not not believing, I guess I should say, just just instincts. I think selfish instincts were, were telling me to turn inward and, and give up and throw in the towel and just say, you know what, we lost this one, I'm going to stop giving everything I have. Um, and in, in that moment, I think it, it was right after you guys drew up another play for me to shoot three, I was coming on back on the court and I was facing all these things going through my mind just saying give up it's over give up like you're not you're not good enough whatever just just from the devil telling me all these lies in that moment I heard I heard God's voice just saying I'm with you I'm here and that's something that I tried to be intentional about praying before every game is just God when guys when things don't go my way allow me to turn toward my teammates turn toward you allow me to feel your presence and that's something that I had never felt before That moment, and so as I continue to pray for it, never feeling it, um, it was just amazing. For in that moment, when in that moment on that in that game, that was probably the the time where I I doubted myself the most all season. Um, So for him to to speak to me in that moment and say I'm here, um, just keep giving effort, turn towards your teammates, and um, in in regards to my teammates, uh, a memory I have from that, and I think one of the biggest signs of growth from our for our team was that in in those moments where we were down seven or we were trading buckets with the other team and it didn't seem like we were really going to pull it out i was saying it but i kept hearing from the other guys stay together come together we're together 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 i heard it so many times and in those moments it was so amazing to see the growth of my team because in the past we would get quiet in the past we would hang our heads We would give up exactly what my instincts were telling me to do. So while my team was saying, come together, come together, when that moment happened where I wanted to give up, I was like, no, my team is here. My team Mm. is together. They're calling us all to come together. So I knew that in that moment I had to believe in myself and believe in my team and just continue to pour into my teammates. And it ended up resulting in a a big win. I love that example.
1: And just what you experienced in that game is we talk a lot about – using basketball as worship, something Coach Widener mentions a lot. He's going to come on specifically in Episode 17 and talk about his journey towards that as a player. But it can seem like it's just a saying, yeah, we use basketball as worship. But we believe that that's true. It's the thing that we have. It's a way God's gifted us, and we want to use it to glorify him, and we think he's present in it. And so I love hearing that story. and The way it played out was remarkable. As with 13 seconds left in regulation, you get fouled, we're down two. And you make both of them. And we had been trailing almost the entire second half. We get a stop, go to overtime. In overtime, we're down by five with 10 seconds left. You hit a big three. And then the following possession, we draw a play for you, and you throw it to Kyle. And Kyle makes a three-pointer to, to send it to, to double overtime. And we're going to be talking with him more about that specific moment. But then we win the game. We go down, and we celebrate together in the locker room. What's it like when a team comes together in the way we did that that day, where we're playing for each other. We're not pursuing me, but we're pursuing three on the court. And then we get to go celebrate in the locker room.
2: Um, uh, I mean, I'll say of all the games, honestly, of this year, that was probably the, the best feeling after a win, just because, I mean, we had obviously had wins up to that point. We had great moments as a team, but I think for me, it was that game where I saw our identity. I saw who we were. Hmm. And that was playing together and playing with heart, and and guys diving on the floor and taking charges and just rising to the moment. Um, so I think for me, that's why that one felt so good. And um, we continued on from there to have that same um, the the same DNA to be the same way. But I think because that one was the very first the first one where we kind of just came into our identity, that one felt the best and. Um, going to that locker room, it was just like praise after praise after praise. Like we were saying, hey, Mango did this great. Or how about Kanan doing this? How about Joel doing this? Like it was just one after another, guys bringing up something that another teammate did great. Um, no, no teammate hanging their heads because they played bad or any, no one turning inward. It was just a moment where we were all together and it was like, all right, we're here. Like we can really do this. In, other, in previous times of the year, I think we really questioned how far we could go um, and how good we really were in our identity as a team. Um, but I think it was that moment where we all were kind of like, okay, like we, we can do this. And that was the first time we were intentional throughout the entire game and especially in tough moments to stay together and come together. So I think that really tough win was what kind of propelled us to the future. As coaches sometimes – it's
1: natural for us to think that everybody should always be at their A game every single day and every practice has to be perfect. And we have to demand that, but it's not reality. There, there's so many trials and bumps and bruises along the way. And when we talk about trajectory, you're trending up, but it's up and down along the way. So almost like there's these moments that are have to be leveraged, For greater growth. And we see that in your story with Ben in the last episode. We see it in this game. And something I remember so clearly after the game, you came up to me on the court and you said, thanks to you coaches for continuing to believe in me shooting three pointers. And I looked at you kind of funny because you went through a stretch before this where you made 15 out of 17 threes in a row. And That's unheard of, especially for a guy who's never shot threes before this year. Well, then you were like two for nine in a stretch. But because you'd never shot threes before, you probably weren't even aware that Mm -hmm. every shooter misses a three every once in a while. You shoot 70% from the field, but from three, you finish the year at 49%. It's uncommon to stay hot the rest of the year. And, And that was a moment that had to be leveraged for you to continue to believe that you had this gift and and you could use it. And I think of that going forward when we get to the national championship game, there's two moments where we need to play and, and you make big threes and big moments where you had to believe in the work you'd put in. So just talk, as we talk about trajectory, your trajectory this year as a shooter, a guy who never had made a shot outside of four feet in a game coming into this year, to a guy who became
2: one of the most feared shooters in the country. Um. Well, yeah, that was, it was a new experience for me. It was something that I had always like prepared on my whole life and uh, wanted to have an opportunity to do that. Um, so yeah, it was, it's was it been really awesome to kind of ease my way into into a different type of playing style. Um, one that I, I do feel more comfortable in. And um, I mean, early on in the year, I just thought I would have to be backing people down and um, just trying to get to the rim that way. Uh, we learned that, that wasn't the most efficient way of doing things. And um, that's a, that was a big, big way that I felt the coaches did a good job of just not um, talking down to me, saying, you're really bad at this, but just saying, hey, here's ways that you can be a lot more effective and you can be a lot more efficient for our team. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, like just getting used to missing shots every once in a while, understanding that it's okay and having that uh, ability to just get back up and um, understand it's okay to fail every once in a while. Um, but with that upward trajectory, you can continue working. And, um, even like you mentioned in the national championship game, there was a moment, it was exactly the same thing basically that happened in Marion. Like I got hit, my leg, like it hurt my leg really bad. I I wanted to like limp off down, but there was like a few seconds left. I caught the ball at the three point line. I was like, I have to shoot this, but it was like a sped up version of what happened in Marion. It was like a split second was like, oh man, no, like that, that hurt so bad. Like just just give up on this play but then in a split second the ball was coming to my hand i was like no no way that's not what i do like i'm here with the team and and i shot it with confidence so that's just a testament to where i grow grew in that area this
1: podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an i am third culture in a basketball program but iw hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context as we enter this one minute halftime We want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group, who is building a culture of I am third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG President, Trent Daly. Pursuing the I am third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.insmgt.com. Now back to the second half. We're back in the second half with Coach Tonigal. Coach, we just heard from Evan, his second episode, and and he talked a lot about his growth throughout the season. There were some frustrating moments at time as Evan learned our culture and, and tried to adjust to how we played. What did you see in his growth throughout the season?
0: Everybody goes through that period, whether you, you come in as a freshman or you transfer in, it's it's hard to acclimate to, to this type of culture, but very rewarding on the back end. And Evan came in and stuck with it. He didn't come in in great health. Uh, he didn't come in uh, – in, I guess even mentally, I don't know if he was quite ready because of, of, of where he came from, but he stayed with it and he allowed us to, to coach him. And that was the big part. We, every time we went to him, he was open and he was willing and he, and he, was, he was open to coaching. And, and through that, slowly we began to see some change.
1: And you talked about this concept. We, we talked about upward trajectory with Evan but at the beginning of the season, you came to the guys and talked about a line versus a box, and this both is true of growth in our faith. Can you take us inside that concept?
0: Yeah, this this was a game changer for me, just basically dealt with the perception of the Christian life. Many of us have the perception of the Christian life. We we view it as a box. You're there in or you're out, and to get in, you do certain things, but if you don't do those certain things, you're out. But what if we began to look at the Christian life as a line, as a a linear progression, and it's more about a journey. It's about who we're becoming along this journey. And I think that really helped a lot of us understand, hey, maybe Christianity is more about a relationship. Maybe it's more about walking with God, and it's about who I'm becoming over what I'm doing. Now, I still have to do certain things in order to become, but the primary focus is on who I'm becoming and how God is transforming me.
1: I think this plays out even in basketball and in faith in similar ways, One of the ways is failure. I know sometimes if I have box thinking in my faith, I can just be scared that I'm going to mess up or disappoint God. When it's lying, I feel like I can pursue him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And even if I mess up, I just continue that pursuit. One of the ways that plays out in basketball for us is what we call dream time. Can you talk to listeners about what dream time is and and how it's helped develop players over time?
0: I love dream time. I love the concept that you uh, developed. And it goes back to the core belief. We, we believe each of our guys are destined for greatness and, and that that greatness is found when they fully surrender to God first, and others second. But we got to pull that out of them. And one of the ways we pull that out of them is to say, hey, look, when you close your eyes, when you dream, who can you become? What, what's the ultimate height of your potential as a basketball player? Don't limit it by what somebody's told you in the past. Don't limit it by your weaknesses. Just dream, and it's fun to to journey with guys as they dream and and what they come up with. But then we say, okay, we're going to help you. We're going to draw out a plan. Now let's go work towards that dream.
1: It was fun to watch this with Evan. We talked in the the first half about how he had never made a three-pointer, even shot outside of two feet in his career, and then he became one of the deadliest three-point shooters in the country, shooting 47% just as his mind began to expand, and he thought less about what am I doing in this moment to who, who am I becoming in the process? How does that help position our guys to be successful?
0: Yeah, it's, it goes back to the, the doing versus becoming. If, if we focus more on who we're becoming, um, we see failure differently. No longer is it uh, it's an obstacle. It's it's something to overcome. And in fact, failure then gives us more opportunity to, to grow and to learn. So we say we don't fail, we learn. And, and we look for those opportunities. I know as a coach, I stop looking at losses the same. I still hate them. They still keep me up at night. I don't sleep, but I also don't freak out. I don't overreact. I ask the question, who are we becoming? Because we lost that game, what did it reveal about us and how do we go ahead and change and grow forward?
1: Final thing, coach, Evan shared in half one about a moment in the Marion game when he felt like he heard from God. He was struggling with his way of thinking and just felt like God redirected his thoughts. What's it like as a leader to try to to drive your guys to hear from God, even in the midst of a basketball game.
0: Yeah, how cool is that? I mean, in, in the midst of a competition, Evan Evan says he hears from the Lord, and that was a powerful moment for me when I got that text from Evan. He, he couldn't wait to tell me what had happened, and basically the story was he felt like he heard from the Lord in the middle of a basketball game, and that may freak some people out, but think about all the negative thoughts we allow into our head during key moments, and Evan basically said, I'm not going to listen to negative thoughts. I'm only going to filter in what's positive and what's good. And, and the Lord gave him some encouraging words during that moment. And as a result, he felt like he had played not only at a high level, but he was at a, at a place of worship. And we often talk about that. Can we use basketball as worship? And Evan certainly found that moment that night.
1: One of the, probably the greatest memory for <clears throat> me of this season, when Evan came here, transferred from a, a place where he had everything at his fingertips, but it didn't go well. One of the questions we were asking is, could a player actually come here and perform at a higher level in basketball? Could people say, if you go to Indiana Wesleyan versus Kansas, you're settling in basketball. But what if a, the I Am Third Life could actually drive someone to higher levels of performance? And we feel like we saw that play out as as Evan started thinking about the line versus the box, as he focused on an upward trajectory. By the end of the year, he was one of the most dominant players in the country, and he really led us to a national championship.
0: Yeah, I think he's he's – He's the example of, of, a, of somebody who's become fulfilled in the position they're at. Now, 18-year-old Evan wouldn't have understood that. He had to go through some ups and downs to realize that. But to see it come full circle and to say, Evan, would you trade being anywhere else right now? And to hear him say, absolutely not, just speaks to a man who's walking in the will of God right now.
1: On our next episode, Kanan Coffee is going to come on and talk about the growth that took place after the disappointment of not making Man's Club, which we heard about in episode three. Cannon's story is proof of the value of pursuing hunger, habits, and humility. He will also take you inside a huge individual performance in one of the biggest games of the year. He sat down and
2: uh, he called a set for me and where I would get a three and so, when I heard that I was jacked because um, I knew that he had the confidence in me and I knew my teammates had the confidence in me to be able to take that shot. And It was pretty contested but um, me just knowing that my teammates were around me and uh, that my coaches had the, had the confidence in me just allowed me to take that shot in freedom. I wasn't really thinking about it but rather just taking it and uh, yeah and I hit that
1: shot and that kind of change the the course of those next couple minutes. Coach T will join in the second half to reflect on Canaan's growth, as well as hunger, habits, and humility. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask IWU Hoops on a future episode, hashtag askIWUHOOPS or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at IWUHOOPS. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, first find a way to be third.